Welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I am Cherry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Welcome to the podcast today. Today we are talking about five life-changing resolutions. I'm really excited about this one, but I want to tell you it's going to be on the heavy side because if you're talking about life change, life-changing resolutions, it's not going to be a piece of cake. So I just want to say that from the outset. Just know we're going to look at some really powerful material today, but it's real. It's real stuff. But I want you to realize that the time of year that we're in, when people think about fresh beginnings, and people have been using the emergence of a new season or a new year to usher in fresh beginnings for thousands of years. We often reflect on the closing of a season or a closing of a year and look optimistically towards the possibilities that lie ahead. The overall trend in our culture is to center on appearances, our physical well-being. And today, the most popular resolutions, if you want to call them that, include the desire to lose weight, exercise more, eat healthier, and reduce stress levels. I'm sure you can relate to some of those. My mom actually has worked for a large university health facility in another state for many years. And I happened to catch her on the phone when she was working the front desk about a week ago. She was super busy, busier than usual, inundated with new memberships and people everywhere coming and going, needing her to do such and such and right now. And they didn't seem to know what to do or where to go. But we've had this conversation before. So we had sort of a good laugh because we know in a couple of months after March, if it's January, you know, it's no longer an issue. Unfortunately, all that business is going to sort of go by the wayside. Many of the new recruits will no longer be feeling it. The urgency will dissipate over time and life will again kick into overdrive and their resolve will be gone. Now, absolutely, I support the optimism and resolve for a healthier lifestyle. It is a worthy goal to pursue, which we're going to talk about. I highly encourage you to make a mockery out of my mother and me by holding on to your determination throughout the entire year. Sometimes, and for some of you, your life literally can depend upon it. And it truly is, as we are going to get into, an act of worship. By all means, be resolute in the keeping of your health. But shouldn't the life of a Christian be marked by more than improving our personal appearances and our physical well-being? Shouldn't you and I exude at least the same longing, determination, and single-mindedness in our spiritual pursuits? To yearn to reflect more of the character and person of Christ, shouldn't we ache for this with earnest resolve? We hear this from the heart of God in Jeremiah, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's Jeremiah 29, 13. And the right response to this call of God to our hearts to seek him comes from the words of David. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. That's Psalm 63, 1. 
Wouldn't you like to be more earnest in your seeking? Honestly, what if your soul could be just a little more thirsty? Oh, well, the work is a divine work. We know that according to Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So we know it's a divine work. But I bring this to you today as we are in the middle of new beginnings because you and I can embrace life-changing resolutions for our spiritual lives. Resolutions that are rooted in scripture that call us towards a deeper and more passionate pursuit. But let me prepare you. If you're looking for a spiritual quest equal to some kind of infomercial for a diet plan that will enable you to drop something like 27 pounds in five days without altering any of your habits of maybe eating four Big Macs and a bag of Oreos each day, this is not your podcast. (laughs) There are no shortcuts for pursuing resolutions that can change your life. Let's take a look. The Bible mentions five situations in which a resolution was made that had a transforming effect on the person or the situation. Each one lends itself to a resolution worth emulating. As we think about our own launch into the next season, it might just change your life. The first life-changing resolution is to resolve to seek the Lord. I take you to 2 Chronicles 20. We're going to look at maybe verses 1 to 3, and it goes on to 6, 7, 8-ish. The king of Judah, King Jehoshaphat, is suddenly, and scholars believe, unprovoked, being threatened of attack by three other kingdoms, three kings against one, and they are called a great multitude. It is also the first time he is having to fight on his own turf. He has always gone off to war, but this time war is coming home to him. And let me remind you, King Jehoshaphat is not perfect, but he is considered a good God-honoring king. We find him in this situation in chapter 20, verse 3. Alarmed because he's just found out about all these bad guys, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. Now, when they use this word resolved, it can also be said determined as his vital need, or the ESV says set his face to inquire of the Lord. We also see this in 1 Chronicles 22, 19, the same idea, the same phraseology. Now set your mind and heart to seek. The Amplify elaborates on this phrase to help us with the meaning, to inquire of and require as your vital necessity, we see that again, in the Lord your God. Second Chronicles 19.13, Nevertheless, some good is found in you, for you destroyed the Asherahs out of the land and have set your heart to seek God. I just want you to see that this is used more than once across these chapters. What can we do that could have a life-changing impact for this next season of life? What's very practical that you and I can do? The first thing we can do that we learn from Jehoshaphat is make the decision to seek God in everything, to view this seeking as a vital necessity. Seek Him for every decision, every concern, every question, every schedule conflict, every insecurity. And remember that he takes pleasure in your seeking and your sensing that he is a vital necessity to your life. And he longs to be gracious to you and finds opportunities to do so. The second thing Jehoshaphat does is start off with a fast. I keep talking about this one because we don't talk about it enough. Go back and listen to Planning to Succeed Parts 1 and 2 for more details and maybe a biblical basis for this. 
again, you can find lots of free resources I've gathered on my Pinterest page on a board called Fasting. More than simply getting me back on a healthier track, fasting communicates to me and to my God that I desire for Him to shape my seasons and that I do not always have to have what I want. Go with me for another two minutes. Tops. It's not like I like fasting. I'm just over the top convinced of its benefits and I cannot hold it in from you. And I fear it's not something our Christian culture is exploring a great deal. The other thing I want to note about this idea here is particular to this passage. Jehoshaphat's declaration was the first corporate call of God's people to fast together as a group for a joint concern recorded in the Bible. When I was researching, I came across this sort of devil's advocate perspective on the subject. Why the call to fast? Why not do or require something else? Why would the king declare a fast among the whole people? Well, and I'm paraphrasing, and this information comes from Biblical Illustrator. First of all, it was a duty that was easily practiced. It required no educational benchmarks, no skill or level of devotion was needed. It also didn't require any equipment or supplies. Therefore, it came with zero expense. The very rich to the extremely poor could participate equally. It was simple. Anyone of any ability or disability could participate. And because of all of these elements, all social climates and ranks could be put aside to participate together. It was also personal, yet it connected everyone for the cause. And it was humbling. Maybe this is why fasting is still a good idea today. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast. What would happen in your life if you resolved as your vital necessity to inquire of the Lord and to set this in motion for this season of your life? You found a way to fast something somehow. First one, he resolved to seek the Lord. The second life-changing resolution we find is this. Resolve to keep your mouth clean. I know, I just lost some of you. I can hear some of you now. Oh, my lanta, Cherry. Who do you think I am? You are really messing with me. No, that would be scripture. Don't you worry. It's blasting me in the face too. But before you pull off your headphones and find something more pleasant to listen to, let's stop and think. Do we want life change? The kind that is real, lasting, and makes us wonder who that woman in the mirror is. Because the old one would not have handled that difficulty, that situation, that ugly, mean comment that way. I'm begging you, please, think about the possibilities as you listen to God's word where this one is coming from. This is David who says, To God, though you probe my heart, though you examine me at night and test me, you will find nothing. Why? Why does David say this? How can David make this statement? Because he's made a decision. It continues. I have resolved that my mouth will not sin. I have resolved that my mouth will not sin. What if we determined to emulate David in this one action? It doesn't mean we never relapse, that we can be done with our mouth problem forever. James, the brother of Jesus, says that no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. James 3 eight. I can agree with that. But two verses later, he says this, From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Well, he's right. These things ought not to be so. What would it look like in your life for the next season? For heaven's sakes, the next week or the next month to resolve, to truly resolve 
to refrain from hateful comments, to refuse to participate in that gossip, to only tell the truth no matter what it costs you, to stop when we got angry before we said something unkind. This resolution alone could alter the current course of negative relationships. It could further the course of good ones. It could produce healing rather than hurt. It could improve our character and provide a worthy example for those within our spheres of influence. Not to mention the double takes we are going to get and those questioning looks which will be priceless when we resolve to do or not to do what exceeds other people's expectations. What if you and I resolved to keep our mouth clean. Now, that's life-changing. The third life-changing possibility is to resolve to keep your body clean. I do love that this is in Scripture. We are responsible for our physical bodies according to the Word of God. Let me take you to the book of Daniel. This is likely familiar to you when Daniel is taken into the care of the Babylonian king. He and his traditional Jewish young men are given pagan food and delicacies that were not adhering to the Jewish law. In Daniel 1.8, we read this, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself. This was a very bold move on Daniel's part. Daniel's plea reflected his desire to comply with the law of Moses no matter what it cost. Our responsibility to our own bodies lies in the fact that for believers, they belong to Christ. Here lies a biblical precedent to make changes and start habits that bring health to our bodies rather than harm that we really may not enjoy or to stop doing things that give us a lack of health. The focus, however, is not our glory, but His. What does this look like? What are you putting into your body? And how much are you putting in? And how little are you putting in? Are you the focus? Or do you take care of yourself physically because you are a reflection of His glory? Would God be pleased with how you and I are treating our physical bodies? Well, I know what I need to do because I need to grow in this area also. I need to drink more water and strive to build a stronger body out of this carcass because it brings honor to Him. What might you need to do to resolve to keep your body clean? This too can be a life-changing resolution that is biblically based because it is glory-centered in Him. Next, we move over to the New Testament. The fourth life-changing resolution I would like to suggest is to resolve to keep your mind clean. For this one, we center on Paul. Listen to what he testifies to the Corinthian church. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That is 1 Corinthians 2, 2. The Amplified adds this when it says, I resolve to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display of the knowledge of nothing, and to be conscious of nothing except Jesus Christ. What Paul is communicating is his passion to communicate nothing more and yet nothing less than that which God had charged him to communicate. This is a man in tune with his purpose and mission to be a herald of the gospel. It was not about him. He was not pursuing likes or book sales or more friends or better positions. He possessed a clean mind, void of the need for personal gain, for pleasures that do not satisfy, and of all the distractions that muddy up our daily walks to keep us circling the mountain rather than going places with God. How do I know this? Because I've done a few unnecessary laps around the mountain myself with a mind filled with dribble 
acquainted with everything and anything but what I'm supposed to be seeking solely. A mind that thinks about me and my pursuits rather than him. Fully conscious of a sundry other piddly things that will not help stir anyone up to love and good works or encourage anyone toward godliness. I desperately want to resolve to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What if we just took this one into our free time? I'm just talking about our free time. What if we determined in our free time for this next season, however you determine that time to be, that we would exclusively consume information that's centered on Christ? People are always posting and asking what they should read. How about something that's edifying to the church or of Christ? Think about it. What exactly would we lose? Filling our minds with the stuff we really shouldn't be filling our minds with? Yeah, right. What if we determined in our free time for this next season to exclusively consume entertainment that was centered in Christ? We could commit to consume only Christian music, Christian books, and entertainment that's visual with a Christian bent. Well, number one, we might suddenly find ourselves with a lot of free time on our hands. There are tons of movies, primetime TV, and music, and books that do not fit this description. What you and I need to hear and understand is that we could. Paul made a conscious choice for a higher and greater purpose. To him, the gain was worth more than the perceived loss. It's just what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. What might our next season be like if we resolve to keep our minds clean? The fifth life-changing resolution comes from Jesus. Resolve to walk toward your Jerusalem. When the time came for Jesus' arrest and crucifixion, we hear from the Gospels, Jesus is aware of the timeline. He is trying to prepare his disciples. He knows what's coming, what must take place. He understands his role. He's been tempted to opt out of it by the devil himself and passed this test with flying colors because Jesus is the man and he is the God. He is the king of kings who rightly rides on the white horse and slays the dragon towards the end of the book. He prevails over all. And if you haven't read Revelation, it's pretty exciting stuff. But before all that can transpire, the Son of Man must endure the sorrow and suffering. Jesus knows the cost of victory for you and for me. He embraces it. Luke 9:51. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Jesus recognized that God's call on his life, his entire purpose, was to do his Father's will, even when it was difficult. Therefore, he resolved to walk in that direction. Most of us, if not all of us, will have demanding and even impossible circumstances to face in our next seasons. God may call you and I to walk towards hard, arduous places and even through the dark, having no clue what to do or how to get through it. Or maybe your path is easy right now. Help a sister out. Hold the flashlight, grab her arm, and assist her in moving forward. But do not let her circle the mountain. The temptation is to not walk towards our Jerusalems. We'd prefer running from them to walking toward them. But we could choose differently. What if we resolved to walk in the path of our Jerusalem just as Jesus walked in the path to his? What if our prayer became something like this? Lord, I'm afraid 
The task before me is hard. I don't want to do it. The obstacles are too great. The people are too fierce. Only you can help me. But I resolve with all of my heart to walk toward your will for my life and not to run from it just because it looks impossible. This time, I will resolutely set out for whatever you call me to do. There are five life-changing resolutions for us to embrace. We can resolve to seek the Lord. We can resolve to keep our mouths clean. We can resolve to keep our bodies clean. We can resolve to keep our minds clean. And we can do what Jesus did and resolve to walk toward our Jerusalems, that place that represents whatever God is calling us toward. As we move into this next era of life, may you and I hold to the truths we find in Scripture that are blatant and accessible for us and press into them and choose to embrace resolutions that are profoundly life-changing. Thank you again for tuning in today. We will be releasing a new episode every week. I would invite you to become a subscriber. And it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful or encouraging. You make an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing our resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or Twitter or leave a review. For more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www.sheyearns.com where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir a desire for God into your everyday life.